All righty. Welcome to the Real Estate Rockstar Partnership Live, where we're helping uh, real estate agents, we're helping investors, we're helping anybody who wants to be involved in real estate, earn multiple streams of real estate income. Our motto is to help you earn more, have fun, live free, and of course, give back. I'm your host. I am fired up, Phil Barneo, and this is my beautiful wife. Hey, I'm Heather. And we have a guest on today. Is actually a friend of ours. He is a real estate attorney. Welcome, Ed Bruno, to the show today. Say what's up, Ed. Glad to be here. All right. So uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, for realtors and for investors, we're going to talk to you about uh, the attorney in the transaction. So, And it's a little bit different depending on uh, who we're talking about here. We're going to get into both. So if you're a realtor or if you're an investor, stay tuned. We're going to talk to you and help you uh, understand the things that are important in a transaction when it comes to, you know, obviously dealing with an attorney. But uh, right before we get into it, do me a favor. However you're watching this, go ahead and smash the subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, do us a favor. Drop us a like. Drop us a comment. Let us know that you're, you know, you have a pulse and you're alive and kicking, and that you like the content that we're uh, giving you. So, with that said, let's get into what we're doing here. So, in a real estate transaction, let's start. We'll start with realtors first, right? Is that cool? Sure. All right. So, realtors, um, the job. Let's just say. When it comes to a transaction, there's a lot of parties involved. Uh, obviously, a realtor is involved. There's a client that's involved. And in this case, we're going to talk about the attorney that's involved with the transaction. Now, the goal of any you know, transaction when it comes to the realtor and the attorney and the client or the buyer or the seller is to have a smooth and seamless transaction and to have it you know, be fast right, and, and efficient. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to, how to kind of develop more congruency between the attorney, the realtor, and the client to make that happen, right? So what are some of the things, if the, the agents out there that are watching, um, there's a lot of things that, that go on in the transaction, good and bad, that we can just kind of bring up here when it comes to the attorney and the realtor in the transaction. So Heather... What are some of the things that we as agents, you know, really love in a real estate attorney? And what are some of the things that, you know, really are frustrating in a transaction with mm -hmm. an attorney? Yeah. So in a seamless and smooth and enjoyable transaction, you have an attorney like Ed, who is number one, very communicative, right? So they're willing and able to talk to not only the client when they need them, but also the realtor and keep everybody on the same page. Everyone has the ultimate goal of you know, reaching that closing table. And so as long as everybody knows, you know, in real time what's going on, then that makes that process a whole lot easier. So I would say that that's number one is just being, you know, open, transparent, and willing to communicate with the people that need you when they need you. Absolutely. And on, on the other side of that coin, probably the most frustrating factor <laughs> when dealing with an attorney is an attorney that doesn't communicate with the agent. So let's just let's just clarify too real quick. What's the agent's job in a real estate transaction? It's basically when it comes to contracts, once once we have like a, a deal in place here, the agent is the facilitator of the of the whole deal, right? Like it's kind of the orchestrator, like, hey, let's just make sure this deal is moving forward. Let's make everybody's job easy. We're trying to make the attorney's job easy. We're trying to make sure that the deal gets to the closing table as fast and smooth as possible. 
And so one of the toughest things to deal with is an attorney that does not communicate because once a deal goes to contract, then it's kind of in the attorney's hands, so to speak, at that point for, for, the, for the most part. And when we, but there's a lot of things that need to still happen, right? And if the attorney is not communicating with us, right. then we don't know where it's, where we are at that point in, in that deal, in that transaction to be able to help push it forward. And a lot of times there's a lot of things that we can do as agents to help get things done. And when the attorney, if he would just, or she would just communicate better with us, we could help get that deal moving forward fast. Right. So I'm going to ask Ed on that note, like, what are some of the things that, you know, what, what are your thoughts on what we just said? And what are some of the things that kind of you also look for in an agent that would help make your job easier to, to make the whole transaction smoother? Okay, well, communication, starting with that, that's important. A lot of attorneys, in my experience, are a little standoffish when it comes to the real estate agent or the real estate broker. They don't want to be bothered. Mm -hmm. Almost, they, they can be they can be kind of jerks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention any names. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, they just don't want to be bothered for whatever reason. I look at it differently. I think that the attorney and the agent really are on the same team. They should be communicating. They should be working together because that's what would be in the best interest of the client. And that's what would get us to the closing table fastest. Um, so I think open, open communication between the agent and the attorney is important. Uh, there could be information we need from them. There could be information we need, uh, they need from us. I've actually had occasions where the attorney on the other side is not communicating with the broker. So they actually call me. It's not, not, not my broker. The broker on the other side is getting absolutely no response from the attorney on the other side of the deal. So they're reaching out to me and I'm, I'm always you know, happy to talk to them and, and give them whatever information I can. But I think an open line of communication and, and treating it like you're on the same team as the agent and, and getting the deal done is important. Yeah, hundred percent. Communication is, is huge. And if you're an attorney watching, <laughs> remember that mm -hmm. communication is, is the biggest thing we all want to you know, nobody gets paid till we get to the closing table. Right. The client doesn't sell their house or, or, or become a new homeowner until we get to the closing table. And that's where, that's the goal. That's the finish line of the race that we're trying to get to. Yeah. Let, let the agent help you. Let them earn their commission. Yeah. They get one of the bigger checks at the closing that, table. Make them earn it. <laughs> that's right. And we, we want to earn it. And uh, yeah. so, yes, we do appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to do that, to, to, like what are some like a lot of times these things come up like what can we do as agents to make your job easier when when a deal is stalling because of something there's a lot of times we can get involved and that's what we always try to do we as as good agents push it along right yeah. push it along find out what are the hiccups that are holding this up why have you not you know done xyz why is title not in why are municipals not in like look we'll call the town we'll whatever it takes to get the deal done we'll do what we have to do to try to facilitate it faster yeah now, what else can we do to help? Yeah, and, and like, you know, any, anything that the agent can do, it's one less thing that I have to do as the attorney. So if I can get an agent to chase down a buyer or a seller to sign a, uh, a lead-based paint disclosure or something like that, that, that's better for me. If I could send that document to the agent and let the agent get it signed and get it back to me, that's, that's, a, that's one less step for me. Uh, 
Another thing that's important that I find is uh, is getting all of the details at the start of the transaction. Okay. We get we get a purchase offer or a purchase agreement or something like that. It, it's helpful if it it covers everything, like the appliances. It's a, it's a it's an important. That's one of the things that we often have to call our client for. We're preparing the contract, and it's going to take longer now to get this contract out because now I have to track down the client and say what appliances are included in this deal because the purchase offer doesn't mention anything about appliances. So so what you're saying, if I'm correct, uh, is like the agent should have their crap together when it comes to the specifics and the details of the contract so that you're not taking all of your extra time to figure out what should or shouldn't be in this contract, what's included or not included, what are the details that need to go into this contract. Exactly. The more information I have at the outset when I'm preparing the contract, the easier it is for me to get the contract out quickly. And, and everybody wants these contracts out quickly. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I was going to bring up too. Like something else that I really respect working with attorneys um, is when they operate in a timely manner and you always do. So that's helpful to know, like when everybody kind of has it together and knows what's expected of them, then it's easier, especially in a market like this, that's super competitive. You know, you want to do things as quickly as humanly possible. And so that's good to know because, you know, if I have everything that I need in one day and Ed has everything that he needs in one to three days, then these contracts can be done, you know, in a week, right? Yeah. And, and I'm usually copying the agent on all the emails. If I'm sending an email. That's huge. And most attorneys don't do that. And that's, yeah, that is if, very helpful. If, I, if I'm sending an email to the other attorney, I just CC or sometimes BCC the agent, whether it's sending out uh, the proposed contract or whether it's sending out a commitment letter. This way, the broker knows where we are on the transaction and they don't have to call us. Right. We could, we could follow time up taking a call. knowing that you sent contracts or whatever part we're at and seeing with the other side, calling the other, the other agent and saying, where, what's up? Contracts went out on this day. Why are they not back yet? Right. We, we yeah. do the legwork to get the deal done. So when... And it helps to be factual. Like we know if contracts went out or they didn't go out, do we have to call them? Well, no, not if we were CC'd when they went out. So that makes everything, that makes everybody's life easier. And then the client feels good too, because a lot of times this buyer or seller has only been with us, the realtor for the duration of the beginning of the deal. And then all of a sudden it goes to the attorneys and when they don't, <clears throat> when they don't answer, when they don't keep you in the loop, it becomes, you know, this client is now asking the agent questions and we're in a roadblock where we're like, well, we don't really know because nobody will talk to us. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And on, on our, on our job, like what we do as agents and what we teach other agents to do um, in our trainings and everything like that. And our coaching is your job is to get to the finish line fast and efficient. Like your job is not, I've heard, I actually have heard many times, I'm sure you can attest to this agents that when contracts go out, they this is what they do. It's like that emoji. It's in the attorney's hands. Like it's not my job anymore. That is wrong. That is absolutely ridiculous. You know, like you're what you're doing is you're dumping your load on the attorney and thinking that you know your job is done. That's not true. Your job is not done. Your job is to continue facilitating the transaction and helping, you know, like all the things that we just said get done so you can get to your, your client to the closing table fast and efficient and with more seamless. Like I've heard horror stories about clients that, you know, like it's like you, your buying process or selling process, you want to be a semi-enjoyable, you know, experience, not a nightmare. 
that, you know, that sometimes it turns into because you have inexperienced agents um, who are not doing their job um, or an attorney who, you know, is not helpful in the transaction. And, you know, then, then we become handcuffed as agents sometimes when the attorney is, is really not willing to work with us. It's one of the most frustrating things that we have to deal with. And uh, it doesn't have to be like that because we don't want you to have to do everything. We want to take the responsibility yeah. and the load of getting the deal done faster. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to add to that or? No, I don't think so. Um, but I, if we keep the brokers informed, a lot of times clients are calling brokers before they call their attorney. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So if we, if we keep the broker informed and then the client's calling the broker to ask a question, the broker answers that question, it saves time for the attorney. It's one less phone call that we yeah, have yeah, to handle. Yeah. And like, like really quick, before we move into investors here, like, so what is, like, what would you consider your job in, in the transition process, right? Like our job, like we should be doing those things, facilitating it. You're, you're looking out for the client's legal best interest, right? Making sure that the T's are crossed, right? The I's are dotted, stuff like yeah, that. I mean, but it's not necessarily your job. You shouldn't be doing our job. Yeah, we shouldn't be negotiating the deal. A lot of times there's, there's an agreed upon price, there's an agreed upon down payment, and then uh, something comes up and now the price has to change. And you know, if there's going to be negotiations that continue uh, after we're involved, I usually defer to the brokers for that. Let, sure. them, let them negotiate the price. Maybe something came up on an inspection. And so now they want a reduction in price. What's included, not included? Any, any of those have, types have of the, uh, yeah. you know, Have the brokers talk. And when you get to the point where the inspection is done and, and the uh, whatever repairs have to be worked out, that should all be done before, before it even gets to the attorney. Right. And then we can include it in the contract if necessary. If, if right. the mm -hmm. broker calls us and says the inspection was done and there's five repairs that need to be done, I can put that in the contract. Right. But I don't want to have to be the one calling the attorney on the other side and saying, we're looking for yeah. a price reduction. There's some stuff that came up on the inspection. You know, we should be the ones putting it on paper. Yeah, absolutely. But the gotcha. negotiations should be done before it gets to us. 100% agree. Yeah. Anything before, you want to add? Yep. Before we move to investing. So went over a couple things, obviously the communication, the timely manner of moving forward. A um, couple other things I had was just, um, it really pays. And as a realtor, well, as a buyer, we always try to look out, like Ed said, for the best interest of the client. And um, that's why we offer a list of local attorneys. And the benefit of using somebody local is that they have localized knowledge. They know the verbiage of the contracts. Like if you have a, you have somebody coming from, let's just say New York City, New York City does real estate a little bit differently. You know, it's not exactly the same as Orange County. So a lot of times, well, if somebody from the city is moving, relocating, they'll want to use a New York City attorney. It doesn't really benefit them always to do that because, right, somebody up here knows more about this area. They know how the contracts are typically written. And so we find that we get a lot of pushback and it ends up taking a lot longer to get fully executed contracts when the, when the attorney's out of area, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's much smoother when we're working with uh, local attorneys, local, local lenders, mm -hmm. uh, local brokers. Uh, yeah, because they know the area. Remember, yeah. uh, we'll give a quick, quick story on that. Remember the one deal that we had going on? We've done so many deals together, I don't even know. But the one deal where 
there was a it was there was a broker from the city or something or sorry an attorney from the city we were listing a property they had an issue with uh the boundary line because there was a rock wall back from when it was farmland that they were calling they were on the survey that they were they they had a problem with that thinking that was a boundary issue right. and it wasn't it was a pile of rocks from however many years ago it had nothing to do right with the boundary and yeah. they, they couldn't grasp that um, we're out there literally with a camera, video camcording the stuff, sending it to the attorney, being like, look, this is not a wall. There's not a, right. it's not a, there's no castle here. It's not a wall. It's not like a structure. Well, it's a pile of rocks. The only reason that's funny is because rock walls dividing parcels is so prevalent in Orange County that if you're from here and you work here, you know that. So it's only funny if you, if, if you you're know, around. But you can understand if you're like from out of the area, then they're just trying to protect their client, right? Yeah. So it's just a just a geographical location um, restriction or benefit. If so, that's why we always push to work with someone local. It's the same thing with the title companies. What's going to happen when you get these New York City attorneys? They hire a New York City title company, and now you're paying uh, New York City rates on yeah. on title searches and and endorsements and you know document preparation fees and uh, um, yeah, the, the cost to pay off the mortgage that the title company will charge. It's different when you get uh, south of Rockland County, um, especially into New York City, they're going to charge much higher rates than the local title companies are going to charge. Yeah. And so wherever you are watching this, I guess the, the, the message there is obviously local Local people know the local area. So wherever you are, whatever state you're in or whatever, you probably feel the same way to a degree if you're working with local people. Um, the, it, it tends to make the transaction more seamless, more smooth, less hiccups, and in some cases, cheaper, um, yeah, which is I mean, always a good thing. I mean, an example is the mortgage pickup fee. The title company is going to pay off the seller's existing mortgage, and they're going to charge a fee for that. Uh, it's usually around 175 bucks, but if you get a title company from New York City, that could be 350 bucks that you're paying. That you're paying. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Local is always better. Do you have anything in, in closing on the realtor side um, that you want to? Um... Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I was going to mention it definitely pays to use an attorney. I mean, I've had experiences with buyers who are union employees or maybe they have an attorney in the family and somebody is offered to them at a very low cost or no cost for their real estate transaction although that's a nice gesture i do not advise it i never advise my buyers to utilize that type of service or you know um offering and the reason being is because you want to use an attorney that's specialized in real estate because that's their specialty it's just like you wouldn't go to a doctor who specializes in you know a certain type of disease um, you, you would want somebody that specialized versus like a general, general practitioner, practitioner, right? So that's kind of the best comparison that I could think of. Um, and then the only other thing I had was, you know, attorneys that utilize, um, virtual capabilities. So signing contracts, uh, digitally if possible and doing zoom calls and things like that, all of which Ed is open to. And I know some other local attorneys are, so that's always a nice feature especially with somebody that's relocating. Yeah, and it speeds up the transaction and makes it smoother. This is everything that we're talking about when you're right. when you're up to date on things. Um, did you have anything on realtors you wanted to close with before we get to um, investors? Just to, just to recap some of the stuff we talked about. I mean, the, the agent and the attorney, they should they should act like they're on the same team because they are on instead the same of, team. Instead of putting the dukes yeah, up. Yeah, um, 
get me as much detail as you can up front. It'll assist me in getting the contract out quickly. And uh, I, I like to keep the agents in the loop, keep them apprised of what's going on. Yeah. We, we have a habit uh, on our team of sending out all the attorneys like a bottle of bourbon or wine or something to try to <laughs> butter them up so that they don't hate us. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should try that. Um, anyway, so let's move on to the, the investors that are watching. So as an investor, as a real estate investor, it's a little bit different than obviously uh, the transaction when you're working with uh, just somebody who's buying a home to live in. Um, we're not going to talk about commercial and stuff necessarily. We're just going to talk about real estate investors um, because I think there's a lot of people that are uh, that are part of what we do in the Rockstar Partnership that are investors in residential real estate, flips, burrs, all different kinds of stuff like that. Um, and so the, one of the biggest things when it comes to a transaction, when it's an investment, a lot of times they're tougher and they're more risky. And there's reasons for that because typically on a on a transaction with an investment, it's going to probably in many cases be an as is sale and there's going to be a short period to close. Um, so you, you have to have an attorney that obviously is familiar with dealing with um, foreclosure companies and then even foreclosure, you know, lenders, private lenders, stuff like that, because it's a little bit different. Um, and for a buyer who is an investor, especially somebody who's a newbie, who's not really acclimated to this process, it could be very stressful and they might not be aware of some of the things that could happen to them. Um, some of those things are, number one, they don't like mortgage contingencies, right? On a lot of these deals when it comes to investments, they want you to buy this property and they don't want a mortgage contingency. And if you can't close, then there's a, there is a probability or at least a good opportunity, good chance that they're not going to give you your down payment back. Right. Yeah. That that's hundred uh, percent correct. Um, if you make it, if you make an offer and it's a cash deal and you're planning on getting financing, maybe from uh, like some hard money or just uh, planning out, you, you're certain that you're going to get the mortgage. So you're okay with it being a cash deal. If you don't get that mortgage and uh, it comes time to close, you could lose your down payment. Yeah. If you can't, like if you have the cash, obviously, then uh, you can close if it's liquid cash. But if for some reason you're working with the private lender or whatever, or you have a, you know, if something goes wrong within that and, and you can't now get that mortgage, typically you're not going to have a mortgage contingency in there. So you run the risk of uh, now you got to try to, you know, hope that they'll give you your down payment back, stuff like that, which um, technically they're not entitled to have to do legally. Um, so those are some of the things that you deal with. Um, and just the process of, of having to close fast, a lot of times you, you're not going to get municipals or, or you, you need to, you know, you might, you might want to request them, um, but sometimes municipals take longer and now you're dealing with an issue of needing to close faster than municipals come in. And so there's these things that arise as a, an investor that don't typically arise if you're just a normal, you know, home buyer. And so investors need to be made aware of that by their attorney to help them understand like, Hey, this is the risk that you face right in this, in this transaction right now. Um, and so one of the other things like doing an investment deal, the structures can sometimes we've done some structures that are non-traditional joint ventures, things like that. Right. Right. An attorney has to be 
competent and seasoned to be able to get a little bit creative sometimes to get deals done, or you're going to, as an investor, miss out on some good deals. Because as a good real estate investor, you're always looking for ways to get the deal done. And it's not straightforward all the time. It's not just you know, a, a straight path. Sometimes you've got to take a detour and be like, okay, we need to do, uh, I mean, we might need to hold a note for somebody or ask for a, a note to be held. And then, you know, they might be able to we might get request a balloon period, right? And do these different things that are going to allow us to get into the deal. Without doing, we won't get into the deal, right? right. And so having an attorney that understands those nuances and can help you you know, mitigate your risk in the process of it and help you structure contracts and, and get creative is vital as an investor. And that's one of the things that I like, you know, working with you and value about our relationship. Uh, we've done lots of different deals together where, you know, we've had to structure contracts or figure out how to, how to get a deal done that's, you know, non, non-traditional straightforward. Yeah, we have done, a, we have done several of those. Um, Hopefully they were legal. I think they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they weren't, we got them to close. Though. <laughs> That's another important thing. Make sure they have a good sense of humor. <laughs> yes, yes. Makes life much easier, right? When you laugh a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you want to add on, on the investor side? That you well, don't, you charge you, more, right? You charge more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're, buying, if you're buying the bank-owned properties, properties that have already been foreclosed on, now the bank owns them, what they're going to do is they're going to send the buyer's attorney a contract and they're not going to let them make any changes to it. It's almost going to be strictly um, as is property. So you need to know what you're buying. You need to, you need to look at the property and, and make sure you understand it's strictly as is. You can uh, do an inspection, but the seller is not going to be a real person. They're not going to make any repairs. They're not going to agree to reduce the price. It's going to be a strictly as is sale. And it's usually going to have a time of the essence date. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to close by a certain time or risk losing your down payment. So uh, you have to be willing to take the chance and willing to um, accept the risk and uh, just know what you're getting into when you buy that property. Yeah. And perfectly said. And, and that's the thing. Like if you're an investor, you are a risk taker. Obviously accept that title because there's risk involved with investment. And working with a competent attorney like Ed, we're able to kind of, you know, mitigate the risk as much as possible um, going forward. There are times when, you know, I've lost money, right? I lost money. And that was my fault, though. That wasn't your fault. You did warn me. I, I kind of neglected something there and I lost the down payment. Um, but that was not uh, my attorney's fault. That was my fault. Um, and so, like, that's the deal with investing. Like, you're going to have scenarios that occur that you've got to make decisions, uh, you know, on and move forward. And it's when you have a good, competent attorney in your toolbox, that can be a game changer and a lifesaver for you. You could, you could, you know, it could save you uh, losing a lot of money. I mean, really like, cause some, some investment deals can, you know, they can go south if you don't know what you're doing. And that's something that you should not work with uh, an incompetent attorney on because uh, it's more risky. So, that's really the point of that. So if you are watching and you're an investor, hopefully uh, we gave you some good content there about working with a competent attorney, right? Is there anything that you wanted to add on the investment side before we close up here? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. You just have to know what you're getting yourself into. Um, 
because there's no way out once you sign the contract. I mean, unless they can't give you clear title, that's usually the only contingency that you're going to find on, on some of these uh, investment deals where you're buying from a, a bank that previously foreclosed or, or, or uh, something like that. Right. Absolutely. So know what you're doing, work with a competent attorney. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, what we brought to you. Hopefully we didn't make um, the attorney transaction portion of real estate boring. <laughs> hopefully we were very informative for you and you were able to get some good content out of it. Um, so if you're a realtor, let us know if we uh, gave you some good content, drop us a, a like button, drop us a comment, let us know if you're an investor. Um, so Ed Bruno is, if you're local to the New York area, we'll give Ed Bruno a quick shout out here. So if you're local to Orange County, New York, where we are over here, um, Ed Bruno is online, right? You're on Facebook, Ed Bruno, real estate attorney. Correct. And it's at Ed Bruno ESQ online. Um, we'll drop some of the, the information in the comments. Uh, so you can check that out to get a hold of him if you'd like to. Um, so if anybody else got anything to say in closing, want to sign off? We're good um, to go. Just uh, I I cover uh, Orange County, Ulster County, Sullivan County, Dutchess County, uh, for the most part. On on occasions we go outside of those areas, but uh, that's the areas predominantly that we're practicing in. Only for good clients, though. Only for good clients. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank you for watching another episode of Real Estate Rockstar Partnership. We hope we brought you some value. We hope we helped, helped you in some way uh, improve your business and add to some sort of multiple streams of income in real estate, whether that be your transactional income as a realtor or your investment income as an investor. Keep tuning in for more information and great content. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, we're going to sign off and wish you a very profitable day, week, month, and year. Take care. Second.